So I've been traveling around. I actually came back to New York shortly before Labor Day. And right now I've been here for about a month now. I'm actually going to go back to my mom's house on October 24th because they will definitely do Halloween in North Carolina. Then there's Thanksgiving, Christmas, my birthday in January, and I would go to North Carolina anyway for Thanksgiving and Christmas. I could go dress up and go trick-or-treating with family in North Carolina because, believe you me, they're not going to cancel Halloween down there, especially when there's a lot of people who got have kids and stuff. It's not going to happen. And generally, being in New York when it's been Halloween, it's usually parties. And there's a Halloween parade and things like that, which obviously you can't do right now because we're in the midst of a pandemic. And in fact, they actually instituted more lockdowns recently in parts of Queens and Brooklyn. In fact, I discovered the area where I used to live in Rigo Park actually is in the orange zone. I was trying to see where the neighborhood where my stinky ex-husband ended up, whether that was in the orange zone or the yellow. And I think that actually might have been in the yellow. Might have been in the orange, I'm not sure, but it was either the orange or the yellow. And I actually looked up my old address way back when, where I first came to New York, and that actually isn't part of the blockout zone in Queens, because technically it's on the Queens-Brooklyn border. I also looked at Coney Island, and I believe that actually was, I think it was either in the orange or the yellow. I'm trying to remember which, but I can't. Anyhow, I've been here, and I basically had no idea what to expect when I got here. Part of me was kind of frightened, because I thought, hmm... You know, the media basically portrays it as this is Mad Max world. Everybody's trying to escape, essentially. There's all kinds of food shortages. God only knows what. You feel like, okay, maybe this is a little Venezuela or something. But I got to my neighborhood and dealt with getting off the airplane and all this and taking the lift home and all that. And it was interesting because it's like, hmm, there's still normalcy here. I didn't get stopped to do a COVID test. I didn't have to deal with... Somebody handing me paperwork to fill out. I didn't have any kind of mask just stop after me. None of that stuff. So I actually went to my apartment. I'd spoken with my landlady's son who said that there weren't problems in the neighborhood. I still was kind of wary about it. And I got back here, had no groceries in the common fridge and freezer. Apparently because all my stuff went bad because I was here for five months. I also sadly found out that my mother and that my landlady, not my mother-in-law, I don't have a mother-in-law anymore. Screw her. But anyhow, my landlady actually was, had had some hospitalization during the height of COVID. And I was worried the woman was going to get COVID and die, but fortunately she didn't. However, she is in the middle of rehabilitation, is trying to walk again, has been having knee issues. She even told me about this maybe a few, maybe a week or two ago. I saw her and how she is. I mean, this woman used to be way more active. She was here doing a lot of the house cleaning stuff, doing the cleanup, managing all this. So it's got to be devastating. And I kind of thought to myself, okay, they've probably been going through a lot of shit. I spoke with my roommates to kind of get a grasp on, okay, how's the situation been going? Would you get on the subway right now? What would you do? How would you persuade? How would you approach the city? Where's your stance? So basically at this point, it's like, okay, if we were comparing New York to a person, it feels like New York just got out of intensive care, but it's still in the hospital. I actually had a lunch meeting with a friend of mine in the Upper East Side. So I was like, okay, how is the Upper East Side doing? I know somebody else who was there and was telling me about how his entire building was vacant and how people are getting robbed at knife point and all this stuff. So I'm thinking, hmm, I don't know how safe it's going to be. I also made it a point to only travel by myself on buses and in broad daylight because I figured, okay, the subways, I heard the story about the guy who bore a strong resemblance to 
Colin Kaepernick, who raped some woman in Subway at 11 a.m. in the morning on a weekday. So that just kind of made me very weary. And pretty much every woman I've spoken to in the city who's still been here told me that she had not gotten on the subway or had only been on the subway a very short number of times since she'd been here. So I was like, okay, I'll get on the subway, but I'm not going to do it by myself. So I ended up going to Coney Island a couple of weeks ago. I think it was like the last Friday in September when it was unseasonably warm. So I ended up going to Coney Island, actually leaving the borough of Manhattan and going to Coney Island. And I was like, okay, it just still seems kind of normal, but a lot fewer people. And of course, Coney Island's not open. So the rides and all this of Luna Park that you'd see, that wasn't there. I think Nathan's was open, but they were doing social distancing. I know they had the hot dog eating contest virtual. I remember hearing about that. I didn't watch it, but did hear about it. But it was interesting going to the beach because it was definitely fewer people there. So you definitely had social distancing, that's for sure. Didn't have to wear a mask on the beach. You could still lie there at this point. Could do all that stuff, so it wasn't an issue. We had a meal. I even found my Halloween costume and kind of got to formulate the whole thing together. So that made me really happy. I have this simple idea. Basically, I'm thinking Halloween is perfect for COVID. So why the hell would you want to cancel it? I mean, all you have to do is basically find a costume that has a mask. So you could dress as a healthcare worker. You could just put a mask over your head that covers your mouth and your nose. You could be doing all kinds of stuff. So it's like, okay, it's the perfect holiday because if you're going trick-or-treating, all you have to do is answer the door in a mask, wear gloves. The candy's pre-wrapped anyway. So it's like the perfect, it's like the perfect holiday for that. I could understand not having parties. I could understand, okay, we're not having the Halloween parade. That's fair. Okay, I could understand not having your face uncovered. Fine. That makes some sense. But saying, oh, we're going to cancel it? Give me a break, dude. I mean, it's like the perfect holiday because all you have to do is, like, you could put a sheet over your head. You could be a ghost. Just cut out little eye holes. I actually had the idea of all you have to do is find something with a helmet or you find something with a mask or you just find some kind of outfit where wearing a mask makes sense. So you could be a nurse and get nurse's scrubs. I actually thought of that as a costume, but I didn't do that. I am not going to disclose what my costume is. I'll probably talk about that later when I get back. Might even do a whole story, might even do a whole episode about Halloween because I actually do kind of have a separate little rant and a separate little notion about that one, but that'll wait for another day. And Thanksgiving and Christmas really doesn't affect me so much because my family pretty much sticks to themselves anyway. So everybody living in the house They all spend time at home eating meals, giving out presents, that kind of thing. I'm sure my sister is going to be delighted if they can't have holiday Christmas parties and she doesn't have to go deal with her in-laws. She'll be ecstatic, you know? She won't have to do that. She's going to be thrilled. I mean, my brother-in-law may feel differently about that because, I mean, then he won't get to see his family as much, but they might still do their parties anyway. I don't know. There's apparently... I did hear recently about that guest on SNL, that country music star who apparently got his musical appearance canceled because he was on TikTok, apparently went to some maskless party in Alabama and was kissing strange girls. And it's like, yeah, people in the South are very different about that. I can't really speak for Alabama. I mean, I can't imagine people in North Carolina doing that kind of thing, even where my mom lives, where it's like way out in the boonies. There aren't a lot of single people A lot of those people who are young do have children they've got to take care of. So it's not like they're going out to house parties and getting drunk and making out strangers. 
But it's like, okay, guys, New York's very different from down in the South. Down in the South, they did not have the attitude of, oh, we're going to basically enforce the mass Gestapo on you and we're going to make a whole big thing of it. That's just not how it works. I mean, I basically was wearing masks down there, still plan to wear masks when I go. If I'm going indoors somewhere, that makes common sense. I've worn masks typically going down the street over here unless I am outside and I am socially distanced from people. Yeah, I'm going to take that mask off if I'm sweaty and I'm trying to breathe and exhale and all that. Yeah, I'm going to be taking the mask off because I don't have a reason to have to wear that if it's suffocating me and I'm not surrounded by people or I'm not inside a bus, not inside the subway, something like that. That makes no sense. So I feel like you have to engage in a little bit of common sense when you're doing this stuff too. I'm also talking to a friend of mine who actually is taking care of his grandmother who is on up in years and I really wouldn't want her getting sick because she seemed like a nice lady. Met her once. So trying to trying to kind of figure out like seeing meeting up in person at some point. I'm kind of doing that with my friends. It's like, okay, I'm not going to be up here for a while. So we're going to see about meeting up in person, making sure everybody's okay, nobody's sick, nobody has anything. I mean, I basically have just had allergies. That's really it. Sad part is my allergies have been better up here than they were in North Carolina. And part of that is probably because I'm not staying in a room where big furry cats reside and constantly shed fur and kind of hang out in. Room I'm in, there are no kitties here. There's kitties in the apartment, but I get to pet them in the hallway or I pet them in the kitchen, might pet them in the bathroom, but they're not coming in my room. They get lost in here. I'm also taking photographs here because I've been trying to decide, okay, what am I going to do now? What about my stuff? What about my life? Do I still have a place in entertainment in the business I've been doing? And it feels like the good news is, yes, I'm still going to have things to do in entertainment because I've had people contact me about it. I've even had prospective investors contact me. So it's like, okay, I've had that. I've had people send me submissions for projects they're doing. So it's like, okay, maybe I can hook you up with an investor. We just need to get a finder's fee agreement in order. And I'm trying to work on a finder's fee agreement for myself for one in particular. Trying to figure that out. Then I have to do another one for somebody else who, if her, who basically, if she got a film greenlighted, she had a particular film that's in the works right now. She's trying to get it greenlit. If she gets it done, she says she's creating a production company, wants me to come on board. I would love that. Be a very delighted human being if that happens. Also, in the meantime, trying to look for some kind of steady, viable income stream. I would love to get a remote job as an in-house counsel somewhere related to entertainment. I'd be delighted with that. I'd be like the dream, you know? But it's not happening in the meantime. It's like, okay, I have no physical reason to be in New York. They're not having the Halloween parade. You could go to the village Halloween party online. So I could be anywhere I wanted to be. I can go out with family and they'll go do Halloween stuff. They will definitely do Thanksgiving. They will do Christmas. They'll do something for my birthday. Even if it's just they get me a cake and sing me a song or something. I'll get to see adorable children who have far less concern about the whole thing with the pandemic and all that stuff. I will be in North Carolina when there's the whole presidential election thing and all the crazy nonsense hopefully has receded and life gets some normalcy and we're not trying to impose dictatorial communist takeovers and all that crap. So I'm thinking, okay, many reasons, good time to go see family again. But I figured in the meantime, I would photograph my stuff in case I'm thinking, okay, it's too violent in New York or I'm hearing bad stuff is happening. I have renter's insurance to cover my room. So I have photographs of stuff, anything happens. I'll do a little more photographing of my stuff in my closet, of course. Got to get that done. That's a bit of a challenge. 
once I get all that, it's like, okay, now I can guesstimate. I can at least have a better estimate if I have to do any kind of moving or I have to step doing storage. I thought of doing that, actually. I kind of wonder how many people are actually just decided, you know what, I'm not quite ready to pull the trigger and move completely, but maybe I'll just get storage somewhere up here, kind of close. And then once we get that storage, we can kind of take it out and find another place to live and try to pay some cheaper rent. Thinking of doing that. I know some people in real estate development who are definitely eyeballing the rents around here. And they are waiting for those rent prices to go down, 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 down. Which I know it's just started. I don't know how long that will continue. So I've been around a little bit in New York. I actually went to, I tried to go to Trader Joe's. There was one that's apparently on the east side in Kipps Bay. And when I got off the bus and got there, I saw a line that looked like was circling around the place. And I thought, okay, I don't like Trader Joe's enough to go stand in line that long. Uh-uh. We're not living in a communist country. I will just do this when I go to North Carolina where I can drive to a shopping center. I can park. And when we're standing in line, we're standing in the middle of a shopping center where there are stores around. And we're in North Carolina, so we're not dealing with a bunch of people coming up and being a bunch of obnoxious jerk-offs and trying to kill you or rob you or who knows what. So I thought, yeah, we're going to wait on that one. People are a little more civilized in my hometown right now. So basically, having taken this bus ride that was like an hour and a half from where I was living, I thought, you know what, I'm going to go see about going to the Target over at Herald Square. So I decided to walk from, I don't know, 3rd Avenue to like 6th Avenue and Broadway. I go by the big, huge Victoria's Secret, which, by the way, we have shuttered. All these big, you know, basically the big glass revolving door and all the windows you'd see, they're all covered up with this big, you know, these big plates of wood. So there's all this big, all these boarded up things, none of it there. Same for the Gap store over there. But the H&M, covered in glass, wide open. No boarding up of that. I found that very interesting. I told a friend of mine about this, and he's like, okay, H&M is known for cheap stuff, but apparently everybody will raid Victoria's Secret. Everybody will raid The Gap, so we have to close those. And I actually been on the bus quite a bit on Fifth Avenue and saw the Victoria's Secret there is also boarded up. So that one's closed. And meanwhile, I actually did get to see the de Blasio graffiti on the road in person, which I did see some blue spotting there. I saw red spotting there. I saw cars driving right over it. I feel like the difference between it being there and being in Harlem is the people of Harlem probably decided to do that and were probably the ones who initiated it, rather than on Fifth Avenue right in front of Trump Tower, where it feels like basically our mayor is wasting money that could be used to help people who have been unemployed help people's businesses. We don't have restaurants and all these other institutions collapsing all around us. Maybe help some people who are being displaced from their homes trying to pay their rent. But no, we got to have a little peeing contest with Trump, right? And then we want to beg for federal aid. Honestly, I cannot blame the government when they want to say, no, we're not handing you federal funds to go fix a city that you mismanaged and a state that you screwed up. That would be like a parent That'd be like going to your mom or your dad after you got intoxicated and killed someone and dropped out of school and decided to be irresponsible and then you're going to them for a bailout. Most people would be like, yeah, I wouldn't blame your parent if they say, you know what, you got paid for that yourself, bucko. Own up. Live, to your, live up to your responsibilities, you know? So that just kind of amused me, that whole situation. But I went over to that Target store. And I was going over to catch a bus because I thought, nope, I'm not taking the train all the, by myself and all this. 
And I see these two black dudes like on the street. And I think they're like trying to tap somebody and stuff. And I heard once yelling, hey, baby, hey, baby. And I thought of that song, Nasty by Janet Jackson. And I basically thought to myself, you know what? If I had really more of an emotional investment here, I would have said my first name ain't baby. It's Janet. Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. And then if I was asked further about that, of, oh, you're really Janet Jackson. Oh, you're not related. to be like, yeah, it's a funny coincidence. I've been hearing about this my entire life and kind of pretend like, yeah, my real name's Janet Jackson. Everybody thinks I'm related to the Jackson family and all this. Or again, man, I could have just messed with that dude's head and been like, yep, I'm related to the Jackson family. I'm the redhead. I'm part of that whole redheaded stepchild thing that you people have not annexed that phrase and many of you still use in common parlance and don't think that that's insulting to anyone. So yeah, I have a whole little attitude about the whole woke politics and all that. And I noticed that nobody ever says anything about the insults on redheads. Not a word about that. Not a word about the phrase redheaded stepchild or observations about redheads having tempers and so forth. So apparently people think that's A-okay. Let's go, let's go bash that minority group, sure. But yeah, I've had a lot of attitude about that. I have called some people online about it big time. And people were like, yep, she's absolutely right. I've had people agree with me on this. A lot of people agreed with me, in fact. And it's kind of been like, oh yeah, you want to talk about being the only person that looks like you somewhere? Hi, I've had to deal with this my entire life. Other than my family, it's like, yeah, pretty much tend to be the only person who looks like me everywhere. I even went to an event for redheads one time, and I was still the only person who looked like me. I did not have a twin. If you meet my twin, it's like, please let me know. I'd like to meet that person because then I can get... I would like to see about switching places and see how long it takes for people to figure it out. That would be funny. I think my own family would figure it out, but I'm pretty sure some people might not figure it out. I don't know about it, my sweetie. Maybe he'd figure it out. I think a lot of people, they would just kind of go on. They would think it was me. They wouldn't even care. Like when I was in, God, I think I was in seventh or eighth grade. I think I was in eighth grade. There's another redhead girl who was in my class named Marie. And she'd come into my school and everybody, you know, I think she was like somebody who transferred in or something. She wasn't like somebody that'd been there forever and a day. But everybody thought that I was her. Like she went out with this one guy in our class and everybody thought that I was the one who was going with him. And even thought this up to my senior year. Like somebody announced this on a loudspeaker when we were doing our senior day picnic. I'm like, no, that wasn't me. That was the other chick. I know, Marie, her first initial is the same as mine. That's nice. But you know what? Different people. Her hair was straight. My hair was curly. Her hair was lighter. My hair was darker. What the hell, folks? So annoying. But yeah, I tend to have that problem. They're fortunately, yeah, fortunately nobody's mistaken me for my sister. If somebody did that, I would have to yell at them because I really do look very different from my sister. She's shorter than me. Still weighs more than me. In fact, that's something else that sucks. The whole COVID weight gain in your bottoms. I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. I came back here and my clothing that usually fits me is now half my bottoms are too small. It's pain in the butt. In fact, it's like, oh yeah, now I'm not an H&M 2 anymore. I'm more like maybe an H&M 4 and H&M 6. I can't figure it out. I went to H&M actually and I bought some business bottoms because a lot of my business clothes are too big on me. A lot of my business skirts are too big, which is a big fat pain in the butt. I mean, granted, I'm not going to the courthouse. I'm not doing anything where I need business bottoms. But still, I'm like, okay, I think I'm probably at my pre-divorce weight now. 
I mean, my pre-divorce weight is something like 120 pounds. So you're probably like, yeah, what the heck are you whining about? You're already taller. So it's not like you're exactly fat or anything. In fact, I've had guy friends who saw me in person and they're like, you look great. And I had a picture, had some pictures a friend of mine took of me at Coney Island when I went there recently. And people were like, oh, you look great. You look sexy. I thought, thank you. I don't know what my sweetie over here elsewhere, who's far away right now, what he's going to say about this. But I'm like, not exactly obese. I'm not overweight. I'm technically within my normal weight. So basically, I've gone from looking like the anorexic chicken girl interrupted to basically being a normal weight now. So, gee, I'm like from a zero two to like maybe a four. I don't know. Maybe five, maybe six. I can't figure it out. It's just kind of annoying when you got your clothes altered and now you have to get your clothes unaltered. That's probably what I'm going to have to do. I don't know yet. But everybody, including my doctor, my mother, a lot of people are like, okay, if you stay in New York long enough, you're probably going to end up losing that weight again. You're going to fit into those clothes. So don't throw your stuff out yet. I just decided, I decided, you know what, I'll put it all in a bag. I put a few little pieces in bags. I've even got a big garbage bag that's got all my stuff. Some of it's evening dresses that I know I didn't get altered. And I'm like, okay, we will see what happens. Because I don't know whether stuff's exactly going to go back to normal. I don't know if the courthouses will reopen. I mean, honestly, if the courts went remote, I'd be kind of glad about it. But who knows? So it's like, hmm, maybe I'll need those business clothes. Maybe I'll need my evening attire. Maybe I won't. At least I do have some nice pretty summer dresses I got when I was in North Carolina. And they still fit. And some of my other clothes, even stuff that I got altered, some of that stuff still fits. I even have jeans. And it's like, okay, a lot of my jeans are too big. But some of them, they're a little tight. But they still fit. Part of my Halloween costume. Pair of jeans I have. They're tight. But they still fit. And they're jeans that I feel like, oh, they make me look wonderful. They make me look cute. I have some other jeans. It's like, ah, oh, these used to be so much. These used to be looser on me. But okay, they do still fit. I can button them up. Zipping them, button them's not easy, but I can get it done. Not totally awful. I'm not feeling totally sausage-like. I get used to them later on. I did buy a pair of jeans at H&M and a 6, and I'm like, okay, I think these are too big. Because the crotch part went way down below where my actual one is, and that's not good. And that's kind of been the dilemma half my clothes is where the crotch part is like way down here. And you're way up there. It doesn't really work. It's just kind of weird. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, what am I going to do about that now? I got to see if maybe I can get it exchanged. I don't know. But now it's like, hmm, I got to get more jeans. And maybe I can actually find stuff that fits in my normal size. I don't know if I will. Maybe I can go to a discount store and actually save money and spend less trying to buy stuff that will actually fit so I have jeans to wear. I don't know. Might have to do that in North Carolina. Because at least there I understand a lot of the fitting rooms are open, but meanwhile at H&M you can't get that. So that kind of sucks around here. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do about different things like that. Even though it's like, okay, you don't need as much. And there's things you really don't need to worry about, and there's some, there's some stuff you should worry about. Like some of my food stuff. I'm just trying to be careful with that because I know I'm going to be gone for a little bit. That's like, okay, you don't need to buy a ton of food. Okay, I don't need to have certain things with me. I have to figure out getting the rest of my good luggage and getting another suitcase out of a luggage set. Part of it that I gave to my sister back when I got the new luggage. Got to go do that and figure out, am I going to have enough space in the luggage to carry what I need? So that way I can take my medium-sized suitcase from the other luggage when I get it back. 
I don't know. But yeah, it's kind of interesting being here in New New York. Yeah, technically it kind of is New New York. I've had a bunch of pictures, I've done different things, but it's kind of been nice to see that the spirit itself is still here. I've still seen sort of the same, it feels like it's still the same in some areas. Like I've been in my area going in Harlem and places like that. It's like, okay, it still kind of feels like there's still some community around here. There's still people who are cordial to one another on the buses, even with the masks on. There's still, you know, it seems like there's a little bit of the whole city living. There's still the community aspect. There's still the things that make New York, New York. Some of that's still there. But I feel like recently with the whole announcement of Broadway being closed until May, it's like, okay, guys, do you want everybody to leave New York for good? Do you really want that? I don't know. I feel like I've got to evaluate it in late January. That's my thought. I figured I'll take pictures of my stuff. I will go for now. I will try to pay what I can pay. They can't evict you anyway, not till January 1st. I've made effort to be on time with my rent and not have issues because unemployment was actually covering me for a bit. But I figure, okay, you can kind of stay put. Then we'll figure out, should I put it all in storage? Should I take it back to, should I take it back to North Carolina, which is a thousand miles away from here? And then I have to find a moving company. Then I have to find people to move stuff. Then I have to pack it. Then I have to go through a big production. It'll cost me thousands of dollars. Should I save that money? Can I afford it? It's all kinds of calculations and things you have to figure out. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. And by the way, I am appalled, still appalled by the situation with some moron deciding to attack Rick Moranis. You know, the guy who was the dad in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, played in Ghostbusters, you know, played in Spaceballs, did all these films, decided to get give up Hollywood, get out of that industry to raise his kids when his wife died back in the 90s. Said, I'm not having this. I'm fine taking care of my kids. Don't want to deal with the BS. Not going on television and making stupid leftist proclamations or preaching from on high about what the little people should do while he sits in a mansion and some asshole's going to slug him. I'm like, what did he do to you? He didn't do anything. And basically, as I said online, I will say it again. I'm sorry. Whoever did that deserves to die. They won't necessarily die by my hands. Maybe the justice system will do will execute this guy. Maybe his fans will execute him. Maybe somebody will do it. I don't know. But karma is going to get him. Just like I think karma is going to get people who are wishing death on Donald Trump. Or for that matter, don't be wishing death or harm on anybody. Because guess what? Karma will snuff out your loved ones. They probably won't snuff you out. It might snuff you out. Might make you sick with COVID. Thank you very much. But it'll probably just inflict your loved ones and have them die. Or it'll have something horrible happen to them to where it's like, okay, I wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy. So you might want to think twice about wishing harm on people, even if we don't like them. There's less drastic measures, you know, far, far less drastic measures. That's kind of my approach of life. If I feel like, why should we go and physically injure someone if we can just go sue them? Or why would we go physically injure them if we could just remove them from office so we could run against them? There's other tactics we can take. Like, don't patronize their business, don't watch their movies, don't don't watch the sporting events, things like that. Why do you want to go through that kind of hassle? You know, keep your butt out of jail, keep your belly full, keep your kids fed, things like that. That should be a priority to you. Most people would be. Now I have to figure out why in the world is somebody called Dope Boy messaging me on Instagram and would it be anybody that I even want calling me beautiful? There's a hazard you got to deal with. There's the hazards. Oh my god, this guy seems like he has no class. 
We'll find out exactly how classless this person is in a little bit. But right now, I'm just going to go ahead and end this episode so I can check that out, and then I'll give you the update on how much ridiculous propositioning and nonsense I'm having to deal with in the time of COVID, where most of us are engaging in massive celibacy or having active problems with the people we're staying with to where we're probably not getting any. My little theory about that might actually come to fruition soon. Eerie thought, huh?